Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. So here is Mother's Day, and we're in the series called You Asked For It. And I'm like, how, how, God, how are you going to tie this together? How, how do you want me to speak this to tie this together? And, and um, <laughs> you know the number one asked question you asked for? For those of you first time here at Easter, we asked, what would you like to hear a sermon on? We got tons and tons of But the number one, number one is what we're going to talk about today. Number one request is marriage, singleness, and dating. So I'm going to talk today to you about something. I'm going to make a crazy statement. Are you ready? I'm convinced of this. We've got some problems in this world. Would anybody agree? We've got crazy politics going on. We have madness going on. Just our culture. I would go so far as to say it's broken in a lot of ways, right? If we could take one thing and change it, and it would have the biggest effect on all of it, what would that one thing be? And here's my answer. Are you ready? Let me know. Would they be like I'm crazy? It would be our dating process. Let that sink in for just a minute. Because our dating process of sowing our wild oats, come on, lose baggage. Our dating process of the way that we do these kind of things and the way we end up getting into marriage, I believe leads to so much baggage, anger, frustration, unmet expectations. Come on, ladies, y'all have this, like, fairy tale thing going on in your whole childhood. Prince Charming's going to come. And then he comes and he's kind of sweaty and hairy. He leaves his socks all around. Come on, let's be real for a second. Can we be real this morning, right? So I want to talk this morning, and the title of this message today is called Covenant Romance. Covenant Romance. And it ties to Mother's Day because I think most moms today probably have the biggest wish is that their kids would have healthy relationships and healthy marriages, right? Healthiness in the way that they move forward and they're like forward. So it's, it didn't really tie the way God put this together. So let me do this real quick. Singles, where are you? Come on, be proud. Raise your hand real high. Hi, keep them up. Come on, come up. All right, now look around. I'm trying to hook you up. You know, no. I'm not, I'm, all right, but listen, so we've got some singles up here in the house, and so I, I, I'm going to talk to you guys today. But listen to me. Here's what I need you to understand something very, very, very crazy when I researched it. Dating the way we do it today did not become normal until about 120 years ago. As a matter of fact, that was when the word dating got introduced into our English language. And when it was introduced into the English language, do you know what it actually meant? If you said, I'm going on a date, you meant, I'm going to pick up a prostitute. I'm just going to let that sit for a second. See, because dating the way we do it is actually not a biblical model. And prior to 120 years ago, all history before that, most cultures did it in a biblical manner. What I mean by that is dating was never meant to be done in isolation. As a matter of fact, when we date in isolation, it's very dangerous for the ladies. It puts them in a very vulnerable place. No, biblical dating is actually 
a family gets involved. You know, dads are supposed to be protectors and scouts. That's, that's, that, that is the biblical model. Now, it's right about here. I'm going to start getting some pushback. Right? It's right about here. This is what it's going to come out. Like, your next step is arranged marriage. You're a freak. You know, like, that, that's right there. doesn't sound normal. So here's my question. How's normal working for you? Because if you want normal, you're normal and get normal results. What I want for you is holy and godly. And if you want holy and godly, guess what? you got to do it this way. Right? You've got to do it the way. So I want to talk today about kind of this, this whole concept. Look at First Corinthians 3 and 18. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you're a wise by the world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. What does that mean? That means you need to do not normal. You need to do what people would look at and say, well, that's foolish. That seems silly. The Bible says that's the way to become wise. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. Let me say it to you this way. Dad comes to a pastor for counseling. And he's like, Pastor, I'm, I'm really struggling with my marriage. I, I think my father divorced. And the pastor's like, all right, well, let's talk about it. What, what are the specific issues? What's going on? And they get to this one issue, and he says, well, one of the issues that we're always fighting about is my brother. He says, okay, tell me about your brother. He says, my brother's a drug addict. He's been a drug addict for years. And every time I give him money or bail him out or whatever, it creates a fight with me and my wife. And I'm really sick of it. And he says, wait a minute. Let me ask you something. So your brother's an addict, and he's constantly letting you down and never doing anything the way that is healthy for y'all's relationship. And you'll keep giving him money. But you're ready to divorce your wife. What's the difference? The guy goes, well, duh. It's blood. And here's what I want you to hear, that we have lost in our culture. We've lost the concept. The concept is called covenant. Covenant, listen to me, is a blood concept. When the scripture says, the two shall become, that means it's the same what? Blood. Right? But we're missing something. And here's why. It's because we live in a contractual world. Our world, our culture, the business world that many of you work in, is all about contracts. Let's get it in writing, right? Let's put it down, let's make sure. And let me give you a, a definition kind of of a contract, the way I see it. Contract. We protect our rights and we limit our responsibilities. Right? We, we protect our rights and we limit our responsibilities. A contract is, a, is an exchanging of goods. I have rights. I want the benefits, but I want to limit any potential personal losses. Right? And contracts are just that, just an exchange of goods. If you went to a contractual wedding, I think you would be appalled. If you went to a contractual wedding, it would sound something like this. I will love you if you love me. I, I will serve you if you serve me. I'll stick around if you make me feel loved and respected. See, that would be a contractual Wedding ceremony. I think most people in our culture are going into marriage with a contractual mindset while using a covenant ceremony. See, because here's the definition of a covenant. A covenant is we get 
and we pick up responsibilities. We give up our rights, and we pick up responsibilities. Covenant is giving of myself, period. Guess what? Covenant only requires one person. A contract requires two people. A covenant only requires one person. Let me remind you, for those of you who know, well, it's been 25 years for me and Jen, since we stood there at the altar and Pastor Sid Brock married us, and when we walked up and they asked her daddy, who gives this, this woman, he reluctantly said, I do. And, he, and, and she handed, and, and he handed her hand to me, and we stood side by side, not facing each other, side by side, facing Pastor Sid, who stood there as a representative of God. And he looked at me, and he said, Mike, will you love her? Will you cherish her? No matter for as good as important, we're going to read all those in a minute. And he said, all that stuff to me. And I never once listened to me and looked at her. See, the covenant is, I stand there before my God and say, God, I covenant with you to take care of this person over here with no clauses. really quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. I mean, no, no clauses whatsoever. So today I want to talk to you about the rights we give up in covenant marriage and the responsibilities we pick up in covenant marriage. And singles, I want to put you in here too. So I want to talk about responsibilities I think you need to pick up now as a single that are covenant things that will lead to covenant marriage. Does that make sense? Everybody understand where we're going? All right, so let's go with Genesis 2, 21. We're going to read an Old Testament script, a New Testament scripture to help us with these two concepts today. Genesis 2, 21. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was asleep, he took the man's rib out, touched as he cut him. Remember blood? Remember covenant? Notice God did not take another group of matter and form a woman. No, he cut Adam open. It's a blood covenant thing that she's created from, that they are one, right? And he closed up the place with the flesh, and then the Lord God, by the way, he took it from the side. He didn't take it from the head that she would be in charge. He didn't take it from the feet that she would be under him. He took it from the side that she would stand side by side, right? We are equal partners with different roles. And closed up the place with his flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the river. He took it out of the man. And he brought her to the man. What a great moment. I'd love to see that YouTube video. Right? Have you seen those videos where the guy first turns and he's like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine what happened? Like, <laughs> like, woo, burnt to the now, yeah. She might not have got it closed yet. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he took out the man and he brought him to the man and the man said, This is now bone of my bone and bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called, Whoa, man. Right? He was excited. He was excited. For she was taken out of the man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. Listen to me. Here's the definition of marriage. Not a man's definition, not a government's definition. Here's God's definition of marriage. For the re- that reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united in his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. All right, let me give you three things that I think are rights that you give up in covenant marriage. Number one, 
is a right that you give up in covenant marriage. I have a new priority system. Jesus, spouse, everything else is just a third. You said it better. Jesus, spouse, children, a distant third. Oh, I've got less response on that one. Come on now. Mom and Dad, if we want to be healthy and holy before our kids, then we need to see our kids prioritize each other over everything else. Dad, you better go on a trip and bring your kids some gifts back, bring something from Mama and bring, give it to her first. Come on now. We give up priority in this whole scenario, right? If my spouse feels like something else gets this, I'm not going to No. If my spouse feels like something else is taking priority, then I get rid of that. Got real quiet a bit there. Why? Because that's Jesus' model. Because Jesus makes you first. Right? He says in Matthew 6 and 33, Seek first the kingdom of righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Why did Jesus request that? Well, because he loved and sought you first. Right? Jesus does it. We give up all priority in this. Covenant is about priority. Do we give our best to our jobs? Do we give our best to our hobbies or to other people? Are we a children-centered home? book called Kids CEO. You might want to check it out. Because your kids are not in charge. Come on, somebody. If you make them in charge, it's going to be real ugly one day when they go to work somewhere and they're not. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Priority, first thing. Number two, I got to go fast. Number two, ownership. Covenant marriage, we give up ownership. In other words, I give you the right to co-own and co-administrate everything in my life. I sign the deed over. My time, my money, my possessions, everything of mine, Jennifer Matheny has absolute say in. That's covenant marriage. Look at verse 7 and 4. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. And every man will have a husband. That don't work right. <laughs> right? Well, let's keep going. Let's, let's get ready. Let's get ready. But the husband's body does not belong to him alone. But also to his wife. Come on now. Like this is this is this is covenant marriage, right? Contractual relationships make demands. These are my rights, this is what I should get, these are my responsibilities. Covenant relationship gives. See the difference? Listen to me, if you find yourself getting contractual, you'll find yourself saying things like this. Well, you just don't run the business. And I just feel if you would just now we've moved into contract. And listen to me. Contract is never going to lead to a good conversation. See anybody? What is contract going to lead to? A negotiation. What happens in negotiation? Somebody loses. Right? Man, you're losing. You know what I'm saying to you? Because she's smarter than you, probably. The secret to this principle is not in the demand. But your body belongs to me. No, 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 no. The secret to this principle is we don't use that ownership in that way. We use this concept to give ownership. I don't make that demand. 
in such a way that I overcome where she is in this moment. That's coming. It's coming. That's the call of God. All right, let me talk to you singles. Singles, so what are you going to do if you one day want to have covenant marriage? Not everybody is called to that, by the way, so they're called to be single and fulfill that. But if you are, what do you do? Let me talk to the singles for just a moment. How about we talk about covenant preparation? Covenant preparation. Here's the first thing I want to talk to you about. Covenant preparation. Why is it that we expect our young adults, think this through, we expect our young adults to make sacrifices during their young adult years, right? Right? But we expect them. We expect them to, like, go to college and eat ramen noodles every day. And to live in a chunky apartment. And to have a coffee table made out of milk cartons and a board. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, we, why, why do we do that? We expect it because they're going to sacrifice here so that they're going to pay off there. Yes? You know what I'm talking about? Like, culturally, we do that. There's one area that we don't do that in. The one area that we don't expect our young adults to sacrifice in is in romance. We call it the time of sowing your wild oats. Are you, are you, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we do the exact opposite. What, am I, what, what I'm suggesting is that if you want a lifelong covenant marriage, but you spend your younger years going from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship, guess what? Marriage is going to be boring. Why? Well, because I have programmed my thinking, my body, and my emotions to get used to the chase. Remember the chase? You go through the chase and then the Velcro stage, and you're like, how do we touch these things? And all the hormone stuff, and all the fun, and all that stuff. And then we get into a relationship and all that. And then we go through the heartbreak. And then we get back together. Got this, like, rebound part of the relationship. We get back together again. And, and listen to me. I think we actually program ourselves into this emotional drama train that becomes normal. And then one day we marry someone. And we're expected for this to feel normal to us. And it doesn't. Why do you think people get divorced at five to seven years? Because after a certain amount of time, this don't feel like it should feel. Actually, it does. We've just programmed ourselves badly before. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So I'm going to talk to you singles about covenant preparation. See, tomorrow morning my wife is going to wake up the girls and go, let's go. What about you? Get out of bed. Why are you selling your stuff? Get out. Let's go. We homeschool. So she's going to be, let's get, here's your trigonometry. Here's this. Get to work. Why are you all not doing your thing? And she's going to make it her own. Not because she's a bad mom, but because she has expectations of what's going to happen in the future. So here's my question that I would put out to you, singles. This season, singleness, is a season of preparation for a covenant. See, people are going to say this crazy thing for you. Better go out and take as much as you can, because one day you're going to find the right one. It's all over. What a terrible message. Are you hearing you, you hear the messaging? Like this, this is exactly the message. Don't send those message to them. Encourage them. Sacrifice now. Sacrifice now so there's no baggage. So when you get into this relationship, it's the best relationship you ever had. Because it's the only relationship you ever had. In other words, this season, listen to me, this season is not about finding the right person. This season is about becoming the right person. This season is, if you will become who Jesus has called you to be, he will bring the person who 
was prepared to walk with you with the vision that he has called you to walk out. All right, number two. Let me get back to the women. Women, let's talk about married women for a second. And then i got to get this thing closed. Women, what is the calling there in Ephesians 5.33? And it is this. Covenant respect. Covenant respect. Aretha sang it, but a man wrote it. Did you know that? R-E-S-P-C-T. So here, 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 listen to this, Ephesians 5 and 33. The wife, what was that? What's that little word? Oh, Misty said it, but nobody else did. What, what, was, what is that little word? I'm sorry, ladies, what was it? Must respect. In other words, listen to me, this is a command. This is a command that our Heavenly Father gives you. 7,000 people were questioned. They were doing a, a thing and they were questioning. 7,000 people were questioned. When you are in a conflict with your spouse or significant other, do you feel unloved at that moment or do you feel disrespected at that moment? You ready for the response? 83% of the men said they felt disrespected. 75% of the women said they felt unloved. You see it? So wait, so wait, God has designed us. Listen to me. Respect is not earned in marriage. It is a command. Ladies, everyone talks about unconditional love. Well, duh. Duh. I respect unconditionally love people, of course. Because that's your basic need. But here's what I need to present to you today. The Word has said us something very clearly. Unconditional respect is what your husband in a covenant relationship needs. It is the command. It is why you have the problems that you have. Because Chihuahua mode, the words mean nothing. What's the problem? The problem is he feels disrespected. That's why he rages or isolates. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It's different to come with respect and say, you know, this was kind of bothering me. And if you approach it differently, but with respect, I say it this way, and sometimes, I don't know, some of, some of the people who are pretty strong feminists get offended by this, but you, you'll, get, you'll get over it. Um, I would say it this way. How about every once in a while we put down the bag of our legs and pick up the ball off? Come on. But every once in a while, then we remember that's his biggest need. And my wife is a master of this. Once we learned this years ago, she's a master. And it's the dumb stuff. It's the dumb stuff. Right? They walk in, come from the mall. The girls have got bags from shopping. And here they come. And what does Jennifer McKinney say? Show your daddy what he bought you today. <laughs> yeah. Show your daddy what he bought you today. That's the dumbest, stupidest little thing. But listen to me. It's respect. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's actually what he needs. That is, the reason God commanded for you to do that is not because it's hard for you to do it. He's going, <laughs> watch this. That's not the deal. It's because he needs it. It's his core need just as much as unconditional love is yours, right? Ephesians 5, that your wife must respect her husband. Look at 1 Peter 3 and 5 through 6. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. Ooh, that's a strong statement. Did you just guess that? That's not my, that's God's word. This is how the holy women of the past put their hope in God and used to make themselves beautiful. How did they do that? They were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. What is that referring to? In 
I say this to you, Abraham was a crappy husband. You and I remember the story twice. And he went somewhere and he was like, I don't know, it's my sister, you can have her. What if your husband did that to you? And you never thought about that. What if your husband did that to you, ladies? No, that's my sister, you can take her. What does it say about Sarah? It, it says, that Sarah said, you know what? I'm not going to call him a liar, I'm going to call him Lord. Sarah grasped this understand of his need for respect and the calling. In covenant marriage, respect is not earned by a husband. It is commanded by God towards a husband. Now listen to me, husband. Please don't be stupid. And go, did you hear last night? Because you're going to die, and I'm not doing your funeral. You die on that way. What is covenant relationship? It is what I give. It's not about what I demand. The moment you start demanding or saying, did you hear Pastor Mike? You just got contractual and not covenant. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Right? You, 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 you got into the wrong place. Women, listen to me. Without respect, he reacts without love. Men, without love, she reacts without respect. It's called the crazy cycle. I put it on the bottom of your notes. It's in right now media that we have three available to you. Let me challenge every married in here. You go back through love and respect. It's a study on right now media and work through this reality. It's a small group that we just finished in our house for married, and I wish it for every single one of you. Colossians 3 and 19, husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. First Peter 3, 1 and 2, in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just put it on y'all a little bit, ladies. Did you guess that? Even if he's being ungodly, this is what that says. Even if he's not being obedient to the word. This is, this is, this is what I'm saying. That they may be one without a, and you want to say it. You were, you were stunned. A word. It's not about the chihuahua thing. Listen to me. By the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. This is the key to covenant marriage, right? The next responsibility to pick up the singles, singles is covenant purity. I think that was pretty obvious, but here's the question I get asked over and over again when I'm working with young people. How far is too far? Right? And here's my response, whatever you've already done. Let me just say this about purity, and then I'm going to keep moving. We think that uh, we think there's a line. If we think there's a line, that we're thinking contractual. Are you following me? How far? What rights do I have before I lose some and lose some of the benefits? Something covenant purity as a single is about saying how far away from the line can I stay? A different mentality in people's different hearts. And I need you to hear something. Your body, your sexuality is an escalator. I've used this for years with kids. What happens when you step onto the first step of an escalator? It takes you all the way to the top. That's the way your body is built. Once you start the physical, hormonal, sexual side of you, guess what? Your body wants to finish. Right? Somebody's saying, I'm going to draw a line somewhere. And now it's like the person that's standing on the escalator trying to stay in one place, walking down the up. You know what I'm talking about? 
you're not going to work it well out trying to stay at that one place. It's exactly what happens over and over and over in our dating and our single relationship when we push you towards purity. And my last one, let me get the last one, the singles, and we'll finish up with the, with the marriage. The last one, the three for our singles, is covenant pursuit. Covenant pursuit. If we're going to have covenant marriage, how do we do it then, Pastor Mike? You talked about this dating thing and brought up prostitution in the middle of it. Well, how, how the heck are we supposed to do that then? Well, when you court or get married or do this, what is that process? Well, you don't get into a relationship. Listen to me. You don't get into a relationship without your parents or some godly individuals involved. That's the biblical model. The biblical model is, is, is that they were, they were involved. Families were involved and other people were involved. And if you don't have family, you're away from your family. You need a small group around you here. People that say, I don't know. No. Come on, sister. That's not the right one for you. Why? Because love is blind. Come on. Come on, y'all. Love is blind. Okay, let me, let me, let me talk like Henry for a second. I'm deer hunters. Deer hunters. All right, okay, let me give it to you this way, deer, right? So here's a deer. Deer are pretty smart. Bucks are smart animals. Until they are in the rut, it's cold. They are really, really smart animals until it's time to go grab a doe. And so they're smart, smart, smart. Then all of a sudden, it's, it's season. Their head's down into the ground, and off they go. And then all of a sudden, bang, they're on somebody's wall. And the caption says, looking for love in all the wrong places. You know what I'm talking about? See, love is, love is blind. And when they get to that place, you need to have some people around you that can speak truth. And then you need to trust those people even when you feel all right, let me close up for our, our marriage. This last one is for both of us, you know, because this is what the Scripture says. It's covenant submission. Covenant submission. There is nothing in our covenant vow that is conditional. There's nothing conditional in it. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why do I submit this person? Because God wants me. Why do I submit to this? Oh, come on, you know there are days. Come on, somebody. There are those days when you look at that person and think, just get out of my face for a minute. And it's those days that it's real. Remember, a contract takes two people, a covenant only takes one. Let me read and remind us, married people, and I'll put me and Jim's names in here. I might take you, Jim. Be my wife. I'm not looking at her and talking to God, but I'm making it all about her. To hold from this day forward for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part according to God's holy law. In the presence of God, I make this vow. I make this covenant to God. Now, for some, I know there's a whole bunch. The biggest pushback that's probably going to come from today is, well, Pastor Mike, that sounds all fine and good, but we kind of are a mess. And I, I did paint a bunch. And I have fought the excitement of what I created in those young years, and now what on some days can feel how long and a bit of a struggle. Here's what I would say to you. Listen to me. This is about the Holy Spirit being in your heart. See, what's great about our God is 
All of us are in that category. All of us that didn't do it so healthy. What's so good about God is His mercy are new every morning. And so every one of us now can come to Him today and go, God, I recognize places where we might be unhealthy because I did things outside of covenant, because I did things contractual. Holy Spirit, would you change my heart? Boy, it's tempting today to listen to this message and think of someone else. Come on. It's really tempting to think of your kids or to think of somebody else or think of somebody couple or to think of your spouse. I sure hope he's listening. That's contract. Covenant. The people of covenant say, God, right here, I draw a circle and I step in the circle and say, let's start a Bible right here in this circle. So what is it that God will challenge you on today to do something about? Right? Speaking of priority, ownership, privacy. We need to work in those areas to give up some of those rights and get out of contractual thinking with our spouse. Responsibilities. Men, covenant, love. Women, covenant, respect. Love, covenant, submission. Singles, covenant preparation, understanding. To do this well, it's going to take something out. It's going to take a sacrifice now. Covenant purity is part of that process. And then a covenant pursuit. Hey, let, me, let me encourage you. I'll put two studies on that right now. Give you One is outdated. It's a great study for our singles. To get, get, to get our head right about covenant. But can I challenge you right now? If you're married and if you're sitting there with your spouse, I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. Would you take her hand? Would you make a commitment today? Say, God, help me. God, help me to do this. Not because of what this person does, but because I made covenant with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today to remind us of what it means to covenant in relationship. What it means to covenant in relationship with you and relationship with someone else. Renew our minds tonight to your truth. Renew our hearts tonight to your truth that we might do this a little. But here we are on Mother's Day, God. We want to serve our moms. We want to serve our wives or our great moms to our kids in such a way. Would you empower these men to love? Slow down and look at our guys. Do not give his best to work and not give his best to hobbies. Sometimes, more often than not, we give his best to her and her first. God, would you help our women to respect? That's hard. That's a big call. Because we can give lots of reasons not to love. So would you encourage them with what it means to have unconditional respect and then help us to submit to one another? I pray over our singles that are here today. God, it is so tough in this crazy electronic world to do relationship in a healthy way. Would you empower the Holy Spirit? I pray right now that you would Come upon them, in them, guide them, and not give them godly people around them that they will trust and listen to and to take advice from. Father, all of this really is just about submission and surrender. That we surrender our ideas and our thoughts of what should be. And we surrender it all to you and you in your life. So God, help us. 
that makes small changes in your faith. Okay, we pray again a blessing over our mom. And she's going to bless the rest of this day today. And I certainly love Heather and other things with her. Father, thank you for being here with us today. We pray it all in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.